Super Talk Mississippi media production. To the success of this country from, from the get-go, and it doesn't matter what branch of the service, it's, it's all here. And when you get through, and it takes a good while to get through it, you're thinking, wow, really impactful. But talking with, with Mark Prine a little bit earlier, he said, and, and, and Merg was there with me, he was saying this is only the, the current the items on display is only 10% of what yeah. they have, and that the, they, they do rotate the different displays you know, over time. But it's fascinating, and, and, and like I said, it, it brings me closer to my dad, even though he's been gone now about eight years. Pretty incredible. We'll be speaking next segment to Tommy Lofton, who's the director of the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum here at Camp Shelby. Talk to Lee Roberts a little later and get his uh, analysis of the North Texas game and as we look forward to UTSA on Saturday. So Lee Roberts and Tommy Lofton coming up. So we are looking forward to the UTSA game. Uh, there's two ways. You can look forward with anticipation, or you can just simply look forward into the future to what is coming, and that's okay. What we will do for that's, the that's fair enough as the yeah. Eagles face the 15th ranked uh, Roadrunners. All right, uh, some some history happening just a few moments ago. Southern Miss playing a doubleheader. They call it the Mayor's Cup, right. you know, and um, because with, Toby Barker is a Southern Miss graduate, and he's already a little tiffed because Laurel took the Little Brown Jug back Friday night or Saturday night. And from did they ever? Right? And uh, I think he's got to wash Johnny McGee's car. But anyway, <laughs> enough of that. Southern Miss uh, taking on William Carey today. The ladies just got done playing at 11 a.m. And a big, big moment today, a big achievement for Joy Lee McNellis, wins her 500th career game as the Lady Eagles uh, defeat the Lady Crusaders by a score of 72-42 to for uh, Southern Miss. Three players in double digits, uh, Grayson and Gray and uh, Gross all score. Of course, Malia Grayson was so good last year. She uh, 16 points and seven rebounds, the Lady Eagles um, Put carry away pretty pretty easily today. They shoot forty five percent from the field, thirty three percent from three point land. But that leads up to tonight. The second aspect of that, uh, a guy who's a great uh, friend of this program, Coach Knight, taking on Coach Ladner. Coach Ladner will be on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Tomorrow, um, but this game tonight, not a uh, not an exhibition. The uh, the men getting ready to take on William Carey tonight at 7 p.m. That's in Reed Green Coliseum. They're coming off their 68-60 to victory over Delta State um, in the exhibition. Um, you, you know this game matters <laughs> because Southern Miss has dropped it a few times in the last few years. But, you know, these early games, I think Heath Hinton mentioned to us yesterday, too, this point of the year, Jay Ladner just trying to figure out who's, who he's going to throw the best combinations on the floor. But one of the things that he was – leery of last year was his team's inability to shoot the ball on a consistent basis. The same was true in that exhibition game against Delta State. There's no question that this Eagle basketball team is deeper as far as personnel goes. They go deeper than, than five or six. And they've infused some size with Zay Moore coming in from uh, Pearl River, you know, by way of St. John's. So they've got a little bit more of a presence inside. But I still think it's going to go back to what Jay was talking about last year, that they've got to be able to shoot the ball better and more consistently if they're to make a dent in the Conference USA standings this year. Even with the personnel upgrades that have come in, if you're to believe the media and the pundits, Southern Miss is they're projected on the men's side to finish like third from the bottom, right, in Conference USA. So this would be a good opportunity to start off on the right foot, uh, when they didn't play well against William Carey in years past, it was kind of prophetic yeah. in the sense that they didn't have good seasons after that. So there's there's more pressure on on this basketball team to perform well than you might 
you might think. Last Thursday against uh, Delta State, we will call them in honor of Bob. We'll call them the Fighting Okra. Um, they are the statesmen, but Southern Miss shot 38.6% from the field, 34, 30.4% from three-point land. But this is kind of was Achilles' heel last year for the Eagles, too. They only shot they shot right at 54% from the free-throw line, and that's something, you know, um, I'm sure you'll, you'll mention to Coach Ladner tomorrow just as that's an area that they really need to improve upon. And when you look at um, tonight, the – uh, projected starting lineup for the Golden Eagles. Waylon Knapper, who's new, um, he's, he'll be the point guard. Tay Hardy will run the two. Isaiah Moore, uh, Tyler Stevenson, and Jerron Pierre. And so I think you know, Golden Eagle fans they want they hear about you know the Moore kid who's six ten and can also shoot from the outside. Really ecstatic. Tyler Stevenson uh, decided to come back, and it seems like Tay Hardy is going to be better in that two slot. Um, I'm excited to see what Waylon Knapper does because it seems like we we have a true point guard leading the offense. And Zay Moore that we just talked about. The, the thing about Zay Moore, and, and I followed his career at Pearl River for a couple of years, extremely talented basketball player, but then he was very quick to be affected by calls of referees or calls that weren't made. He wore his emotions on his sleeve, and it translated into the way he played. The more frustrated he became, the worse he played. And that, that's just a question of maturity. You'd think to us, you know, an 18-year-old kid, a 19-year-old kid. So you're hoping that he's got a little bit of that under control. And Jay Ladner knew that, and I'm hoping and when we get to talk to Jay tomorrow, we'll ask him about that. But Zay Moore is going to be a really big piece to this puzzle. If he can just chill and and understand you know more that that's the way the game goes sometimes uh the team will be much better served but i, I agree with your point i think zay moore is, is one to really watch inside pretty interesting the golden eagles are the only conference usa school to have no seniors on their roster no other school on their schedule has no seniors so the eagles are when you look they are young um but you do have some experience and and you kind of feel like tay hardy uh, now that he's probably in a more effective as the as position as the two, that he's going to provide some of that leadership. And it, it seems as if uh, there was never a question of the team welcoming back Tyler Stevenson, you know, and, and so he'll step up to be a leader. But, yeah, some of these guys, um, how, how does, you know, Jerron Pierre, how, how does he grow in his second year? How do some of these other players grow? And it's an opportunity, I mean, to uh, to really you, – you know a few things. The Eagles will be probably more athletic than William Carey at the same token. Um there will be far fewer teams that will be prepared as well as the Crusaders. And Jay Ladner will not use the youth as an excuse this year. And he's well aware that the fan base at Southern Miss, this begins his third year. So you hear consistently out there in the Eagle Nation, okay, well, we better start seeing some improvements this year. So Jay Ladner's well aware that there's more pressure mounting on him to see marked improvement in this team this year. So there's a, this team is really under the microscope like never before in Jay Ladner's tenure. And tonight will be the, the first real look as they unveil this team going into the uh, the season. Coming up later this week, the Golden Eagles uh, will take on Louisiana, so a future Sunbelt opponent in Reed Green Coliseum. That's at 7. Uh, next Monday, they'll go out to Fort Worth to take on the TCU Horn Frogs, and then back on November 21st, they will entertain uh, Lamar. And then we talked to them about this. This was a pretty cool tournament they're going to be involved in. The Zootown Classic up in Missoula, Montana. Of course, the Grizzlies always probably usually get in the tournament every year between a 13 and 15 seed. So cool opportunity for uh, for those guys to, to hit the road. And then December starts, and, man, you look up into December, you're in the middle of conference play. Yeah, the, the very last game heading into the new year, I think they start conference play. It used to be 
about the 10th of January, you know, is when you would start conference play and, and you, around the Christmas holidays and Thanksgiving holidays. But they hit the ground running this year. I mean, right after Christmas, they come back and boom, they, they start with uh, Western Kentucky. Now. That, that's a great way to start conference play. We love Western Kentucky. <laughs> at least you have them at home and you aren't playing in front of, you know, 12,000, yeah. you know, up there. Uh, and hopefully like, our uh, fans will behave better than the Western Kentucky fans do. You know, we don't pick fights, Golden Eagle fans. But still, when you look at the conference schedule again, got that, like, double header back to back against Louisiana Tech, play them in Ruston on January 13th, turn around and host them three days later in Hattiesburg. So. And you'll have to see how the dynamics of all these games change, too, with the fact that everybody in Conference USA seems to be changing yeah. conferences at, at some point. And they're going to get to play South Alabama, who will be another uh, Sunbelt op- opponent going forward. You already mentioned that they're playing you know, Lafayette. So uh, it'll be some of the... Old and some of the new kind of wrapped up into this season. Good stuff. So the ladies win today, 72-42 to 42 over William Carey. Joy Lee McNellis gets her 500th career win. Men tonight in Reed Green Coliseum taking on William Carey at 7 p.m. Hey, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, Tommy Lofton, the director of the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum, on with us. We're live at Camp Shelby today. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Tuesday Eagle Hour on the road today, Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. What an incredible place to be. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens live here at the museum. Will Tony producing back in the First Bank Studios of Super Talk Hattiesburg. We are excited to be here today, a historic place, a historic week. Every year we remember um, what our veterans um, have done for us and provided for us and our families. And joining us now, um, live here at the museum, Tommy Lofton. We should mention a Southern Miss guy. There he is. Right. and uh, he, Southern Miss. He joins us. And uh, what's up, man? How are you? Good to see you. Thanks for being here today. So, uh, obviously, there's tanks and helicopters and all kinds of stuff outside, but there's tents and there's all kinds of... Y'all been... It's just a week here at Camp Shelby. <laughs> Tell us what's been happening. Oh, wow. So, we had uh, Military Retiree Day today, which was a great event anyway, but especially this year because it was delayed with COVID and everything else going on. Uh, we tried several times. We finally were able to pull it off, and it was great to have a bunch of our military retirees show up and get to... Uh, you know, tell stories, war stories, and catch back up with each other. Some of them hadn't really physically been, I think, together in quite some time, or maybe even since before COVID. So that was an exciting morning for us here at the museum. And then now we're rolling straight into a full week of Veterans Day and Veterans Appreciation. Uh, we actually have the 65th Infantry Division here. Uh, it's a World War II division that formed here at Camp Shelby of uh, draftees from all over the country. Went overseas, served in uh, the war in Europe. I think they even were involved in liberating a concentration camp or two. I mean, these guys saw some serious stuff. And then basically just sort of dissolved. Uh, and the, the, the unit has never reformed, as our understanding, as a uh, division within any other wars or conflicts. And we're excited to have them here uh, this week with several of their World War II veterans. Uh, we're going to actually 
have a big ceremony for them on Saturday to case the colors and sort of close out their division's history to some extent, or at least the war portion of it. And then uh, we're just looking forward to having fun and, and uh, getting to know some of our, our 65th brethren here. And I think, you know, it's a good chance for these veterans to come home, if you will. I mean, they've, they've, so, uh, boys became men here at Camp Shelby in 1944-45 out of this unit. So. But it wasn't just men that were in Camp Shelby, women. The, well, this wh- is true. Right? This is true. We had quite a history here and, and throughout several of our uh, locations in the state. We had whack, a WAC training program here. Of course, we were talking earlier about German prisoners of war that were here throughout the war. Did you know that one? Yeah. I did not know that. Pretty wild. Did, Pretty amazing. I mean, I didn't even know we took prisoners of oh, war. Yeah. I mean, it, they in some ways probably live better here than certain places in Germany. They had their own sports fields. In fact, you can go out now and there's a, an area where they had a soccer field. Still very much looks like a soccer, soccer field almost 80 years later that the Germans actually played games on. And, and we would use the German prisoners and put them to work here in sure, South Mississippi. Sure. They, would, they could grow their own gardens and do things here. And then as we had folks uh, in South Mississippi especially that were getting drafted to fight in World War II, these Germans were able to go out and actually work in farms and help take up some of the slack from the labor of uh, individuals who were fighting over in their home country now trying to liberate Germany. Live today at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. And, you know, Tommy, the uh, when, when you begin to walk through this museum, it covers just the entire gambit of every military engagement and uh, world war and conflict we've been involved in. And Kelly mentioned it in the first segment Um what, what we see is really only about 10% of what y'all got. And I mean, and that's just that's unfathomable. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you love seeing, you know, the weapons that are used, that's here. If you love seeing a recreated World War One, you know, uh, no man's land bunker, like right. that stuff. I mean, just so much for people that haven't been to the museum yet. I mean, it's pretty uh, amazing what you guys have. We like to look at it like we're here to honor our military veterans, military service members. You know, the museum itself in our exhibits starts about 1812, goes through the global war on Terror. But we want something here for everybody. So even if you're really not into history or not that much into the military history side of things, maybe there's something from a medical standpoint or, uh, you know, even chaplain service or other things within. Uh, and something else that we think is important we have throughout the museum are what we call gold star stories. You know, individuals who served and then unfortunately uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice and did not get to come home to their families in a living sense. So uh, that's something that's important for us, too, is to for folks to leave here and have a better appreciation of service, but of sacrifices. And the, the public schools don't teach Mississippi history, all right? So you can also learn about specific Mississippians and their great, great contributions. Names that you that youngsters may have heard of, Sonny Montgomery, right. for one, who was a longtime U.S. congressman, who many people might remember him as a congressman, but not remember that he, he was also involved in, in the military. And one, one Roy Wheat. Who's, uh, who fell on a grenade for a bunch of other uh, uh, soldiers, and the post office South 40th in Hattiesburg is named after him. The one, one whole area of nothing but Mississippians that made great contributions, and not just during World War II, but all throughout history. Oh, definitely. You know, it's, it's uh, well, especially when you come into the center core of our museum, we actually have an exhibit area called the Halls of Honor, and it has some notable Mississippians, and then on the other side of that hall are a number of our Medal of Honor recipients. And those are some of the greatest heroes you have in, in uh, military history and Mississippi history, in my opinion. People who, like one one Memorial Day, and we do want to distinguish what happens in May to what happens sure, this sure. week. You know, um, at, at the same time, my wife and I basically looked up every Medal of Honor recipient within a 50-mile range, and you know, I was just blown away reading about Mac George.
Jordan from Collins, you know, and, and we found several guys um, in Jones County that, that did that. But we, we do want to, because what you just said just a few minutes ago, there's actual, you know, living veterans coming back this week, and that's right. what this week celebrates, people that we still can shake their hand, speak to them, honor them, you know, in their, in, in their service. You know what's important about that too, Luke, is that once these guys go, once these men and women go, a textbook can never replicate the real thing. My dad, like I said, we lost him about eight years ago, and when we would vacation, he wouldn't even know. But I'd set up a little camcorder in the corner of the room on him, and he would tell stories to my kids. And I've got that and transposed oh, awesome. it to, a, to, to DVD. So oral history to me is people who lived it were there. Uh, so much better than any textbook oh, yeah. could ever replicate. And that's something we're moving, you know, as you go through our exhibits, you see personal history, and that's the thing. We don't want to sit here and teach you in eight panels about a battle or more. We want to summarize that as much as we can and really get you into the heart and the stories of Mississippians and individuals who have served. And, and we're moving in the direction of also adding oral history video components as well in our future uh, within our exhibits. And that's, you know, something I have a background in and very passionate about doing. So that's, uh, I think, going to resonate also with younger generations, kids who are used to walking in and looking at media, social media, their cell phones and other things. That's that's kind of what we're looking in the direction of trying to reach. And as cool as things are, Luke, do you know that the original USS Mississippi, they have the nose part of the original USS Mississippi, which was built what, uh, it, late this, 1800s, maybe? This would have been early 1900s. Kelly was in seventh grade. Is it one of the reasons, yeah. <laughs> one of the reasons why he was frustrated they're not teaching Mississippi history because they, cause they did uh, yeah. you know, back in the 1800s when he was in grammar school. Lived so much of it. Yeah, Governor McNutt, man, he was great, you know. <laughs> He was the first governor, by the way, of Mississippi. <laughs> so the Armed Forces uh, Museum here at Camp Shelby. Tell us, uh, again, remind our listeners um, all the, the details, you know, where, where it's located, the hours, what, uh, why, you know, you bring your family here. And, I mean, sure. even bring, uh, you know, schools need to bring people down. I mean, uh, high schools need to bring their AP history class. They need to learn this stuff and see it, Definitely. what you guys have. Yeah, we're open uh, Tuesday through Saturday from 9 to 4, and we are 100% free to the public. You, now, pretty pretty amazing. Now, the gift shop, of course, you know, you got to hit that on the way out. And that helps support the museum and help us uh, to stay open, build new exhibits and that kind of thing. But the overall uh, price to get in the museum is $0, and that's the same for teachers that want to bring school groups. Uh, we actually have just had our first school group back since COVID hit. We had not seen a school group since December 2019. So we're excited. And, and let's, let's be honest, right because I want to speak to how amazing this museum is. Most of the time when people hear museum and they hear free, they think it's like two rooms. Right. And that's it. I mean, th- <laughs> it, it, it takes you so long yeah. to walk through there. Yeah, I mean, I did sure. it I did it in May, and, and I was still – I got here early and was going through it. But, I mean, this is like – you would go anywhere else and you would pay, you know, $25, $30, $30 to go through an exhibit. And it's it's a gift, you know, from, yeah. from Camp Shelby to, to the public. And we offer guided tours as we're able to do so, especially for groups. It's a lot easier, uh, you know, if you have a group, Sunday school group, uh, church groups, uh, school groups, we love to try to engage with groups that come through and we'll offer that as best we can as long as we're here. Um, but, yeah, it's a free museum right in the heart of Camp Shelby. You need a valid driver's license or ID to get into one of our gates and uh, come straight into 
the museum. And and not only do you, do you talk about men in the military, we mentioned the wax, but there's also uh, sections of African-American uh, soldiers who made great contributions to our war efforts, you know, f- from all the way back oh, as well. Definitely. Even though Hattiesburg also has an African-American sure. war museum, this is part of, of the museum here as well. And, you know, I think some people try to think we're in competition. I don't see it that way. We love that museum. We right. do everything we can to support each other as right. museums. And, uh, oh, yeah, we, we try to do everything we can within our museum to represent anybody and everybody. Personally, mm-hmm. what gets you fired up in the morning about coming and being able to work here? Oh, man. Uh, just the idea and the concept of honoring men and women who have worn the uniform. I did not. I'm a civilian. I chose not to, I guess. And uh, for me, it's a personal drive to, to recognize those who have. That's not an easy job to think how many birthdays, soccer matches, football matches, other things that people who wear the uniform have to go through, not to mention put their lives on the line sometimes. So I also learned what, what Keesler Air Force Base was named after. You learn about... Yeah. Well, I thought you were, you learned what it was for. I didn't, didn't know that. <laughs> well, the, com- the commissary, I've taken advantage of some of the food deals down there. You know, a time Good stuff. Or two. Yeah. Tommy Lofton, the uh, director at, of the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. Hey, man, thanks for hosting us today. And, uh, man, what, what a cool job you have and, and being able to honor. Uh, about 15 seconds left. The rest of the events for this week, tell us real quick. Uh, 65th, we'll be hosting a major ceremony 930 on our parade field on Saturday morning. So come out and check that out. Meet with some World War II veterans and then uh, Southern Miss to the top. And, awesome. we're, and we're losing a lot of them every day. Uh, yeah. World drastic, War II vets. We're going to step aside, be back. Lee Roberts, former Southern Miss quarterback, color analyst for the football broadcast, be joining us. Kelly, as we look forward to the UTSA game on Saturday, Eagle Hour continues. Stick with us. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Great sitting with Tommy Lofton, the museum director at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. At Camp Shelby, that's where we are today. They are open every uh, Tuesday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Closed on Sunday and Monday. But happy to uh, to be here today as we celebrate our veterans this week. If you're out about in in the state of Mississippi, in Hattiesburg, Laurel area, and in, in uh, West Mississippi, or wherever you're listening to us, and you see someone at Walmart or see a uh, someone wearing proudly wearing their service cap, walk up, shake their hand, and thank them for their service. All right, let's talk to Lee Roberts. He is the color analyst for the Southern Miss football broadcast. He joins us as he does every single Tuesday. And, and Lee, we've already said this twice, jokingly. There's there's two ways to look forward to this weekend. One is that you look forward to uh, UTSA because it's the next game on the schedule. Kelly and I are not saying that we are, quote, looking forward to taking on the 15th-ranked Roadrunners, but it is a game where Southern Miss gets to face a ranked opponent for the second time this season. Let's talk about that and, and then uh, get a, a little bit from Saturday from you. How you doing today, bro? Hey, man, I'm great, man. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. So I know y'all having a good time there at Camp Shelby, but yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a good good opportunity to go face a really good roadrunner team out in San Antonio. So looking forward to it for sure. 
All right, let's go back to Saturday. Um, can we still use the Will Hall quote over and over again? Same song, different verse. Uh, Golden Eagles give up uh, non, um, uh, give up touchdowns, uh, not from the defense. Another fumble recovery return for a touchdown. Uh, you, you look at just some of the mistakes they made. But, Lee, we had a, a lead for a little bit. You look up and Eagles are leading at the end of the first quarter at 14 nothing at the half, 14-7, to and then just kind of that lead uh, faded as North Texas bounced back. Yeah, I mean, offensively, I felt like we looked really good the first series, and then you go down, you score, then you get a defensive touchdown, and you really feel like, hey, this is our opportunity to try to turn the turn the corner, turn the page, you know, get to that next level, maybe uh, you know, try to go on and get a get a win. But uh, after that defensive score, it it really went downhill, and and I felt like a, a good point in the game. Could have gone good for Southern Miss, but it really went bad for Southern Miss. Was you know they they drive down second um, second from last series and score, which was a very good drive. And you gotta you gotta say, hey, good teams are gonna have drives, and and good defenses are gonna give up drives. That's just part of it. And you know we did. We gave up a, a long drive. They overcame a lot. And then the the next the last drive where they came up inches short, and I think that was debatable too, but. Um, I felt like that that defensive stop could have given us a huge advantage, you know, but it didn't really from that point forward. It was really all North Texas, which was very unfortunate to see. As I was watching the, the game in the first half and, and obviously pleased that the Eagles took a lead into, the, into halftime, but, Lee, it just looked like to me in the first half that the mean green was very uninspired, flat-footed, lethargic, they just, they just didn't look like a classic case of overlooking Southern Miss. And then somebody got into somebody's tail at halftime because that second half group that came out from Denton was a lot different than the first half group. Your thoughts? No, I, I totally agree. And, you know, not that, you know, and it may have been part of us just not playing very well. I know offensively we, we weren't. Um, but defensively, yeah, we just really couldn't handle things up front. I mean, they, we knew they were going to be a running football team and indeed they were i mean over 300 yards on the ground i mean that was that was huge and even to lose their starting running back i thought again when he went out i was thinking all right this is this is our chance i mean here's you know potentially the best running back in conference usa statistically and he's down but man the guys that came behind him they were they were just as good if not better on saturday and the Southern Miss defense now, as respectable as it has played all year, now you go up against Sincere McCormick, who had all those preseason honors as running back at UTSA, and he's quite healthy, thank you. Uh, just more bad news for what Southern Miss is going to have to contend with uh, on Saturday. They even pulled Sincere McCormick um, about two minutes into the fourth quarter this last Saturday to make sure that uh, you know nothing bad was to happen. So here we go. Uh, I mean, 211 carries for McCormick this year, over 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. Oh, boy. Yeah. You you know, Kelly, this is my seventh year doing Southern Miss Radio. I feel like Sincere McCormick has been on UTSA's (laughs) roster every year that I've been doing this. So, man, he has been around a while, and and you're right, uh, another good running back. It seems like we continue to see – uh, very, very good running backs, and you know McCormick, another one. So, you know, obviously, Coach Armstrong's got to put together a plan. And you know, if UTSA looks at the film from Saturday, they're going to know where our weaknesses are. So, I know Coach Armstrong's trying to counter that this week. Uh, we, I know we've got to have a good plan, though. 
And and just to mention, North uh, or uh, UTSA only giving up 85 yards on the ground <laughs> defensively. But but Lee, let's talk bigger picture here. What encourages me? See Jeff Trailer, you know, just signed a huge contract. He's in year three. And this is a guy that was in in Texas high school football. He rose to the college ranks and and was a recruiting machine. Came over from Arkansas, and now this is year three for him. He just signed, you know, what is it, thirty one million dollar extension. You know, that's the type of approach that Will Hall is trying to take. He using his personal connections within the state to be able to connect and build on high schools to get the type of recruits he wants in there. And so it just seems as if you know it's worked for Trailer. And it seems as if you know, not not uh, you know apple for apple, but at the same token, generally speaking, that's the approach Will Hall's trying to take. No, I mean I, I think you're right. Obviously, you look at the state of Texas; they've got a bigger draw, but there's a lot of other Power Five schools that are you know trying to grab those same athletes. But he has he's done a tremendous job, and and yeah, I mean Coach Hall's want to kind of you know have that footprint in Mississippi where we can get those you know guys that are. You know, Jackson area convinced them to come to Southern Miss. The guys from the coast convinced them to come to Southern Miss. And, and even really the, you know, the surrounding areas for sure. You know, John Cox and I, we talk a lot about, hey, you know, Bauer used to just kind of draw a circle around Hattiesburg at 300 miles, and that's where he'd go. And, and that's really what you want to do. I mean, uh, you don't want to bypass talent and go out of, out of state to find someone, but, um, you know, that's, that's exactly what Trailer has done, and that's what Will Hall's trying to do, and, and I think we're getting there. I know the recruiting class coming in this year is, is really good for Southern Miss. I'm looking forward to, to December for sure on that, in that regard. Just mention that about Jeff Trailer. He's 16 and 5. He was uh, at three different high schools from 1989 to 2014. He then goes to, to Texas for two years, then SMU, then Arkansas for two years, and he's been there. This is uh, so, uh, this is his, his second year. I'm sorry at, at UTSA, and, and you know you turn around really quick if you recruit Kelly. And and to Lee's point about Mississippi talent, I don't know how many of you noticed last weekend, but the running back from North Texas is a Gaucher boy. You know, played it, played it for the Gaucher Gators. Now, he did go through Mississippi Gulf Coast, you know, which when you play for a national championship team at Gulf Coast, you're going to get some other opportunities. But still, there's a guy right right on the coast backyard that Southern Miss probably would have very much liked to have. Of course, it is obviously up to the athletes. Sure. You know, but, but we do want to try to corral more of those local kids. All right, you got three games left, Lee. Um, goals through these. These next two are, are – this next one is really tough. Then you get Tech on the road. Then you get FIU. Probably uh, FIU's the most winnable game. Tech's a toss-up, but they can put up points. And then this weekend, uh, what's what's the goal this weekend for the Golden Eagles taking a, uh, going against a undefeated nine and zero UTSA team? You know the the next three games, honestly, you know each of them are, are different, and they are for for multiple reasons. One, yeah, you've got to go to San Antonio, so it's a it's a decent road trip. It's a, a nationally ranked team that is playing extremely well, and a place where we've gone and have had success. So you know we've got to kind of overcome that right there as far as playing a national power. Then if you look at the following week, you know, you're playing a Friday night football game, which that's going to be, you know, something different as well. And then obviously the final week we're, we're at home. So the three different games, three totally different, you know, the way you approach each one. But obviously this one this Saturday is the one in front of us, and that's the one they're preparing for, and, and that's when we've got to go compete. And, again, that's just one of those games, you know, and I saw a statistic – you know, on Twitter, I think that, you know, of our last 16 losses or something like that, we've led nine of them at the half. 
you know, again, that's just one thing. We've got to do a better job in the second half against these teams. We've shown that we can go down and um, do some things offensively in the in the first quarter, but we just got to convert it to the second, third, and fourth quarter. And same thing defensively, you've got to be able to play four four quarters as well. And and this one's going to be no different. So a big challenge for sure. Yeah, but let's be honest, you guys. I mean, you're playing a fifth string quarterback, a guy that you know that you didn't know what he was going to be doing prior to that. It's just not realistic to think that you can play at the Division One level a fifth string quarterback when you, it's just it's just not realistic. So let's everybody take a reality check here. Uh, what did what did Dennis uh, Allen used to or not Dennis Allen, but the old coach of the Phoenix Cardinals? Uh, they are what they are. We are who we are. Yeah, we. So- Dennis Green, thank you. I believe you. you. Yeah. yeah, I believe you. That we just are who we are, and it's not going to get you know any better. And I would suggest these last three games, Luke, are going to be tryouts. Sure, for a lot of these. And you're going to see a lot of these younger guys. You're going to start seeing Zay Franks, Jeremiah Robinson, some of these guys. Um, Lee, as we wrap up, you got a good steakhouse picked out for San Antonio. You know, I, I really don't. Honestly, Rod Wyndham, who's a you know two sport you know athlete from from Southern Miss, played football and baseball. He's kind of our transportation when we go to the state of Texas, and you know he emailed us this week said he's not going to make it, which that'll that'll, that'll cut out a uh, an opportunity to get out on the town for sure. Rod always always treats us well and shows us a nice place, but we'll see we'll see what happens. But, I wanted you to eat uh, tamales in front of the Alamo. That's what I wanted you to do. But Lee, hey man, thanks for hopping on with us today, and uh, be safe, in San Antonio. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good. Appreciate you guys. Lee Roberts, former Southern Miss quarterback of the Golden Eagle broadcast joining us as he does every tuesday last segment of the eagle hour coming up got a veteran we're going to sit down and talk to great stuff coming up southern miss to the top to the top you're tuned in to the eagle hour Back live at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens, Will Tony producing for us back in Hattiesburg. Greatly appreciate the hospitality today as we honor our veterans uh, this week, specifically on Thursday. But what an opportunity. What a great place, Kelly Sander, for us uh, to, to be here today. A couple news and notes for uh, Golden Eagle Sports. Of course, the men taking on William Carey tonight at 7 p.m. in Reed Green Coliseum. The ladies already defeating the Lady Crusaders earlier today, 72 to 42. Joy Lee McNellis with her 500th career victory. Women's golf at the Mercer Invitational, currently tied for sixth place. Uh, three Lady Eagles in the top 22, and uh, they will have another round today. And then volleyball travels to Clemson, South Carolina tomorrow to take on the Clemson Tiger volleyball team as they wrap up their season. Happy to have with us Jeremy Hirsch, who uh, of Spartan Mosquito, but a veteran himself in the United States Army and uh, on the board here for the Armed Forces Museum. And and uh, we all know you from uh, from Spartan Mosquito, and lots of people you know know it as great as your your product is. I know this place right here is is sacred ground to you as a former veteran. You serve on the board here. Uh, what what is it like uh, to to be able to see the impact and to remember you know those that have served this country as a part of the museum? I've got to I've got to answer that in a couple of parts because I because I am on the board, but the board does most of the work, and I I show up from time to time. So we we need to give credit where credit is due, right? Um, it, it's really amazing. You know, I had no idea that that this was such a gem. Um, the first time I came through, and Tommy had me out here, I 
I, I was pretty amazed. I mean, it's it's on the caliber of the the World War II museum, you know, down in New Orleans. It's really well put together, and it's it's just fascinating that it's right here in our backyard. I, um, it means a lot to. To, to be able to go right here. In fact, we just walked through again. I, I don't know how many times I've walked through this museum. It's been a lot, but it's something different every time. You, you see something, you experience something, you notice something, you know, you, you haven't noticed before. The thing is, is it goes on and on, and you think, okay, well, it's almost, nope. There's there's more. I mean, it, any one of the directions you go, there's uh, of any particular interest, it's there. It is, and there's also there's tons to look at. There's tons to read. You know, we're always finding something new in there, um, and they do a really good job. Tommy does, you know, of keeping that stuff up to date and moving it out. So I mean, you could come through this week, you could come through in a month, and you're still going to see something different and learn a little bit more about the history. As a veteran, a lot of times, you know, when you when you uh, approach people uh, that are veterans and thank them, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, blow it off, it was, my, it was my honor, it was my duty, but this week, you know, as we as a nation remember men like you that have served our country, what does this this week mean for you? I, I really focus on, you know, I remember all the folks that I served with, That that's first and foremost, because those are friends that you know, I'll never be able to repeat anywhere else. It's it's a little different when you're willing to take a bullet for somebody. Um, but I also think about all the folks that are still serving. And I think, you know, we forget, you know, we forget a lot. Like even, you know, I was talking with someone earlier. I think there's 170,000 U.S. troops deployed worldwide right now. I mean, those are people that aren't even in America. You know, we, we, we forget about that, that, wow, these, these folks are there for us. Um, to me, it was the best job I ever had. So that's why I'm like, eh, you yeah. know, it doesn't matter. Like I, I had a blast doing it, but I also know, you know, it was, it was the best thing and worst thing I ever did. And it just kind of depends on, on the day of whether or not it was the best sure. or the worst. And, and all the folks that are serving and, or that have served, they went through that same thing. Um, so it's really a privilege and an honor to be able to do it, but it's also really honorable and, and, and such a privilege to know that all these folks have and all these folks currently still do it yeah you know, and, they, and they go to work with a smile on their face at least sometimes absolutely and the camaraderie of college athletics and, and luke's played at that level and i played a little bit at, at that level that that camaraderie that fellowship if you will last but i would imagine when you're in the military with somebody and as you mentioned the fact that you would take a bullet for so i would think that that would take the camaraderie to a level that very few people ever even understand well i think that the this i don't know if i can say this i'll, I'll kind of whitewash it since we're on the air but but um camaraderie is built out of suck right the more it sucks the tighter you are with the people that you go through with it um and and you know given the situations that's what you remember them you know if everything's great there's no really reason to rely on somebody else right so the worse it is the more you rely on them and yeah those bonds are they're unbreakable, you know, for the stuff that you go through. Which tells me that Southern Miss football is in good shape right now Ooh, because there is a lot there Ooh. right now. So you you may have just spoken prophetically Ooh. here. Attitude is everything. Here we go. There will be camaraderie yeah, well, that and, will come out of this. All right, Jeremy, about, about 30 seconds left. Tell us, man, how Spartan's doing right now as we roll into the winter. Uh, we're having a blast. Normally this time of year we're not doing anything. Normally we're out in deer stands and taking a break. Um, some months we've even shut off. Some years, November and December, completely shut off. We're we're full out. We're busy. We're we're busier than we ever have been. So. Coming out with a new product though, too. That when you hang it, it repels in-laws. I hear is that's that's we're, it's it's a tough name, you know. And, and that's what we're working on is the name for that. You know, we've got to stay PC on that one. I heard you mention earlier to draw. How many stores are you guys in? I. We, 
10, 15,000. We, we can't keep up with them anymore. Crazy, I mean, we're, we're all over the place. So. Incredible. Well, we appreciate you uh, allowing this to happen today. Thanks for all that you do um, for our community. Of course, thank you for your service this Veterans Day, and thanks for serving on the board here at the Arms Forces Museum. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Luke, I enjoyed working with you. It was a lot of fun. After today's show, I'm sure you're finished, pal. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, we're, we're on the way. So you missed it. There we go. I love Southern Miss football. Everybody knows that. Hey, we've had a great time today at the Camp Forces I can't even say it. The Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. Thanks for everyone for hosting us. And uh, I won't be here tomorrow. You will be. I know. At least I will be. But as always, and always, Southern Southern Miss Miss to to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.